Well, welcome back, everybody. And we're off. And we're off. Ooh, whose voice is that? <laughs> back in the brace. Back in the saddle. Back in the brace. That's right. So this is Gregorian Rant. Uh, I am your priest, your priest friend here, Father Brian Larkin, and with my good friend and yours, Mr. Patrick Deveni. Uh, and he is, if you don't know, he's in a uh, brace today and has been for, uh, what is it, two weeks now? Two weeks. actually. Uh, Three weeks. Three Today weeks. marks three weeks. So I don't know if you, I don't think you and Steph listened to my rebuttal of your podcast. We have not yet. Yeah. We have not yet. <laughs> so I'm excited for you guys to listen to that. That's right. Because you're probably not going to be, well, you, you'll be happy with me still. You'll just be like, I feel you're just still, you know what? Well, no, I think we'll, we need to, Steph and I just haven't, we don't ever just sit there anymore. Podcasts are always my like car time. Oh yeah, yeah. So trying to do it. I mean, we'll know that you're wrong, so yeah. that's fine. My old we- college buddies used to say, Father Jason Wunsch would always say that he was like, Larkin is always wrong except on faith and morals. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A laugh. yeah. I, uh, no, we need to. We, we're excited. I remember you, you sent the text and Steph was like so afraid. She was like, what did we say wrong? Like we don't know. We didn't uh, know yeah. when you were like, yeah, I kind of disagree with some of it, but it was really good. We were like, well, I appreciate that. But she was so worried. She was like, oh, no. So producer Ryan <clears throat> was telling Steph, she had a hard time accepting this. Totally, she did. She Everybody wanted. loved her. And how can you not? I mean, right. and she said she felt kind of nervous, but I listened to it and she didn't sound nervous at all. She was so nervous. She was sweating. She was like the whole nine yards. It was awesome. Yeah. No, she's, she's phenomenal. So, uh, so we're back with you, everybody. We've we've hit a couple topics. We've had some guest speakers. We had Father Sean Conroy, that's right, uh, last uh, podcast, and Megan Carney, and then the uh, wonderful Mrs. Deveni. But Patrick's back, and yeah. um, today I know I've told you all that Patrick was in a bike accident. And today, what we wanted to do, really providential. I mean, God has been so amazing in the midst of this, and with what happened to you on that ride. I mean, all of us have felt, I think you most especially of anyone though, uh, have felt that God's hand was with you. Yeah. Uh, and I know Steph definitely felt that. That's right. Uh, but today, if, uh, for all of our um, kind of audience out there, we thought we'd have Patrick tell us a little bit about just what actually happened. And we want to talk about God, uh, how he can really show up at, at very difficult moments in our lives. That's right. Yeah. It's why well, I'd, I'd already said this, but I'm so grateful that you guys obviously were in in my house today. I had change of scenery. I'm, I'm down for the count for a while, but I'm able to like, once I sit up, Steph has to help me out of bed. But once I'm up, I'm good. And, um, but it, it's really been a, you know, to go from living a full life of full freedom and, and biking and being active and driving to work and all those little things to now just be kind of handcuffed like i can't drive for a while i can't yeah. do any of that kind of stuff so to lose like a lot of that and to be able to hop back on the podcast was like yeah. so huge for my mental health um especially when as somebody that i use the bike and activity to get that mental health like just yep. it's my outdoor time it's my time to breathe it's my time to just focus on life and and not worry about the little things um it to lose those has been it's been really challenging yeah. and it's been a big wake up call this entire time for Steph and myself, especially with little Gianna could happen any moment. Like I'd have Steph's mom come over yesterday and help me pack my hospital bag. 
And like, there's been, Oh, I, it took me a second. So yeah. the, the bag you would take to the, that's hospital. right. Like we're hitting that when point now where it's here. like my bag is in the car Yeah, where and Steph's packing hers. And that way, when it happens, yeah. it's like, boom, we have everything. We're going to be there for two days and got to pack Gianna's clothes and all that stuff. And a lot of stuff I can't do right now. Yep, It's like pretty heavy. And like, yeah, I don't know. So yeah, it's, it's wonderful to be back. And it's, it's definitely been a big learning curve for everyone involved, <laughs> but yeah, it, uh, it's been a lot of God moments throughout this yeah. entire process. Well, and I know a lot of people, <clears throat> and I know you know this, but tons of people out there have been praying for you too. And, uh, when this is classic, I feel like it was classic Patrick Devaney where you texted me oh. a photo. I come out of the confessional whatever it was. Was that a Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday morning. Wednesday. Yep. I come out of the confessional and I had a text from Patrick and it's him, photos of him in an ambulance. And I was just, of course, like you kind of go into this moment of like, is that real? Yeah. That was kind of my first reaction. I was like, is that a real photo or is that some kind of prank? Totally. I was like, that crap, that looks real. So then I, you know, called Stephanie right away. And, um, but tons of people have been praying for you guys, but Oh, that's what I was going to say though. My first, after I knew you were okay, at least on some level, you know, I think so many of us and my thoughts certainly went right to Stephanie and totally, Oh my God, this is going to be really hard for her. And, um, man, she's been being nine months pregnant essentially. And, uh, this happening, she's had to be really strong. And I know a lot of people have kind of her family, I know has been big for her in this time, but Man, she's a trooper. Yeah. I thought about it today, you know, our classic like shout outs. And it's almost like it kind of feels tacky to say it, but there's like too many. There's been so many people, yeah. people, and it, I just have to say a broad thank you to everybody from the emails to the Grubhubs to the visits to the, you know, and, and everybody truly, I think most importantly, checking in on Steph. And we can yeah. dive into what she experienced, but it, um, it's almost been overwhelming and I think it's been a good lesson in accepting help and like, it's a tough thing to do. It is yeah. like, we want to just say like, no, we're fine. We could figure it out. And then like people, you know, generously just be like, what can we do? Like, what do you yeah. need help with? And, and especially Steph, Steph did a good job of, because of my concussion, like she was my, she had my phone, she had everything of just like accepting all messages and all that stuff. And she got to a point where she's like, you know what? We need someone to mow the lawn. Like I, we yep. can't even, we can't even pick up sluggers doo-doo in the backyard, like <laughs> random thing. We can't wheel out the trash can. Yeah. She's nine months pregnant, all that kind of stuff. So she really had to get to a point of like, you know what? Yeah, we actually could use some help. And there's been so much weight on her family to kind of be over here too. And they've been a godsend. They've just been, everyone's been absolutely amazing. So it's been such an interesting thing to process. Yeah. It is, it is amazing how hard it is sometimes to accept help. Totally. I feel that in my life where I just, I don't know if that's like a pride thing. I think there is something of pride in that for sure. Uh, but there's a great grace when you're finally able to do it. Yeah. And it's also good for other people. You know, they, they want to be able to show affection and, and charity and love for others. And that's right. Yeah. It, I think it's a pride thing of like me wanting to say like, no, we're fine. I got this. But also of like, I have this fear of putting people out. Like, mm. you know, like, do you really mean it? Like it's a, we live in Erie. It's right. a 30 minute drive from Lords, like. Without traffic. Without traffic. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you put it in traffic and you're like, 
do you really are you, do you understand what you're signing up for like yeah. it sounds like a big ass so it's been yeah we've been so blessed and and just so grateful for all the support and the prayers especially like yeah it's it's been amazing well you guys are loved and everybody at lords loves you a lot i appreciate it uh, so tell us i think it just you know patrick and i were talking but why don't you tell everybody a little bit of i i gave a few kind of broad kind of things on the the podcast about what had happened but yeah but i think it'd just be really good to hear like like tell the story and let's let's uh kind of share that with everybody. yeah uh, hopefully we don't get emotional here it uh so i went out um wednesday mornings i've been i've I live relatively close to Boulder. So close enough, I've been kind of just hooked on this. I'll drive from my house to Boulder, go bike ride, and then drive to Lourdes. And I do it early in the morning. So one, I always try to limit how many cars are on the road. And and it's just nice to get up that early and you see the sunrise while you're riding. And it's just a great little escape. I love just starting my day that way. And um, so I'll, I'll normally leave the house, go park over in North Boulder. And I, there's a route that I love kind of takes you up towards Jamestown and yeah. you're just out in the open, the half of the rides along a river and it's just gorgeous. And, um, oh, and by the way, in mornings, I'm more of like the stranger things guy, like Hopper mornings are for coffee and contemplation. Totally. That's, that's what mornings are for. But. Well, and I feel like, you know, just with me, like we always kind of joke about like my holy hour. Like yeah. I struggle with just like full prayer time. Like I truly like my contemplation comes in those moments. Yeah. And I've, and I've had to realize too, that my mom died and my, from a, um, it was a uh, chronic heart failure. I, I think that's how they defined it. Not chronic, uh, something, but heart failure in her sleep. Mm-hmm. And in this time of just laying in my bed and my dad has heart issues. So, I've really realized that I loved biking, especially because I love getting my heart rate. And I always kind of like find myself in a way of being like, it's so meditative, contemplative, like I pray, I, all this yeah. stuff on the ride. Your body gets in that rhythm too. It does. Yeah. And you get in this just like zone and I can push myself. And I've always said like, if I'm going to die, I'll be damned if it's a heart issue. Like yeah. I am going to push that. And so it's been very interesting kind of like realizing my motivating factors behind it. So I, I go out and I love this ride because it's a lot of incline real quick. And then the rest of the ride, you kind of descend down the hill and you can just go venture for a little bit and it's just gorgeous. And so I was um, about, I, I think I started riding at like 6 a.m. and I'm going up through North Boulder up in the mountains and I get to the top. I was so stoked. I had PR'd that day. It was a great ride. Yeah. Caught my breath um, up at the mailboxes at the top. I feel like every ride ends at the mailboxes. Yeah, it's there's like a, a set of like yeah. 15 mailboxes and you know you're there. High grade has something like they, that. All of them do. Yeah. Flagstaff, everyone. Like It's just like the mountain thing. And um, I get up there, I catch my breath and I'm like, okay. So I, I naturally kind of hate descents anyways because <clears throat> I'm not really in it for the speed then i'm still like i've only been biking for a year but i'm like i I'm like the descents because that's the only thing i'm good at totally you bomb <laughs> it yeah like i always i'm like ugh. i like don't have the need for speed but uh out really quick father jason Wunch. this is his like backhanded compliments to me where he's like larkin you're really you know you got the downhill man which is like basically <laughs> you're terrible at everything else like 
You know that whole uphill thing and flat thing? You can't, you're not very good at that. But totally. You can, you can go down. There is an art to descent. Like, and you have it. Like, you you have that. Like, there's a lot of technical biking skills right. involved in it. And I, and like. You've always been careful on the downhill. I've, I mean, <laughs> as long as we've been biking together. That's right. You've I, always, and, and even as you've gotten more of the skills around it, you're still, you've always been careful and measured pace and yeah i think i i I won't mention names i have there's some guys that we know that i'm like it's just too much they're going to they send it yeah yeah i just you know i just have never felt overly comfortable even when like when i used to snowboard or ski like i just never loved to just send it it's more i'm like okay i'm big tree fall hard kind of thing like i'm not into it but i had i had started my descent and um it was pretty early. Like it was only a quarter of a mile down and there was a couple switchbacks and I came around a corner and as I'm coming around the corner, it was, it was a slight right turn and I'm staying on my side of the lane. And, uh, unfortunately someone was backing out of their driveway and just didn't see me coming as I came around this kind of slight right-hand corner. And ended up backing all the way into both lanes kind of where her, her driveway was 90 degrees to the road. So she backed all the way out to where it basically hits the dirt on the other side. And I started to kind of go to around the bend. I'm trying to hit my brakes and like really grip my brakes hard. And I'm trying to yell to get attention yeah. to like, leave me some, leave me an out here. But unfortunately it got to the point where it was like the car blocked the entire road and i at that point realized i've i've got no escape like it's me versus car and i hit the brake so hard that my uh back tire starts to fishtail so it actually in a weird way kind of saves me because i hit the car the back side of the car uh kind of parallel so my bike is parallel to the car car. uh, because my back tire basically became even and I actually reached a point in my head where I was like, oh no, I'm going to, I'm breaking so hard. I feel the fishtail that I thought I was going to actually just kind of flip down, mm-hmm. which would put me basically going like head first into the ground and then slide into the car. But I didn't. And I kind of just like drift, drift, drift. And I hit make impact. And all I remember is I just closed my eyes at that point, And I'm like, here we go. Like, I don't know how this is going to end. And I close my eyes and the next thing I know, I just wake up on the ground and I'm, I'm pan. I'm like, what just happened? And I don't remember anything up to that point. And I, I instantly try to like sit up and I've just got blood just going everywhere. And so I'm like, Oh no, I don't know where this is coming from. And the, literally the first thing, there was two things that crossed my mind. I'm like, can I move my limbs? I instantly feel my feet and my legs and my arms and my fingers. I'm like, okay, check. Then I go, need to call Steph. I need to know, I need her to know that I'm okay, but this is not good. And I, and at the same time, the driver got out and was like freaking out as totally, totally get it. Blood everywhere. And her, like the boyfriend was inside. And so he comes running out. And it's just like kind of chaos, but I'm like in and out of it. <clears throat> and I lean forward and I grab my phone from my back pocket. And the only thing I said, I was like, you need to call, you need to call my wife. Like I, I can't hold the phone right now. 
and just tell her I'm okay. And we find out what hospital, meet me there. Like, I need you there. And at that point, he grabbed the phone and calls. And Steph, every morning, it's always the same call after a bike ride. She'll answer. She's like, hey, babe, how was your ride? And I could totally picture her saying that. And she said, that's how she answers. And, and he, answer, he goes, it's not your husband. Your husband's been in a really bad bike accident. He's losing a lot of blood. But we don't think it's life-threatening. And then all of a sudden, the phone drops. And I go into no service for the next 45 minutes. And that's all Steph knows. And Which so this then, is this is the point where I'm like, your heart just thank yeah. God we're on the other side of all this now. That's right. Steph that just that anyone anyone who's married out there, I mean hearing this story, I'm sure for them, it's like that's like the scariest thing that could that's happen. That's right. You never want that call. And and I remember just getting so mad because I was like First of all, what type of delivery was that? Like, are you kidding? And then now he's like, and then he starts to panic because he realized like, I have no cell phone. He can't send a text. He can't do anything to just say like, look, he's okay. Not good, but he's okay. So then I'm like frustrated. And so as soon as that happens, he brought out a towel and they put it on the back of my head where the blood was coming from. And he, well, I was trying to put pressure on it to stop that. Yep. And I'm trying to like figure out like what other pains I'm feeling. So I go and I kind of start to lay down to to put the pressure on the towel because I couldn't hold it up by myself. And the girl's on the phone with 911. She's asking me all these questions, trying to make sure I know what she's doing to make sure I'm like not losing consciousness. And out of nowhere, this this part is going to tear me up, but out of nowhere... um, this older guy, I just remember this older guy coming out, had no shirt on, and is kind of small talk, but he, he ends up sitting down next to me on the ground, like just Indian style, and holds my hand, my left hand. And, it, and I'm kind of foggy here, but I just remember like the minute he grabbed my hand, and he held it on like both sides, just clamped, and I remember gripping it so hard, mm. and just like this instant like comfort and this i kind of joked but i remember thinking to myself like this guy has the softest warmest hands i've ever felt and i instantly like all my nerves and everything just subsided and i was like okay like i'm going to be okay i know we're okay and he's just holding on and randomly a firefighter on his way to work not part of the call was just driving and I had my eyes closed and I just remember I hear him get out it's like I'm a firefighter and he all of a sudden he goes into like fight or flight he's in fight mode expert level 9000 tells the people to run down block traffic on both sides and he's like closing everything off and he comes over and puts a neck brace on and takes the scissors and just down the the whole the jersey. jersey the kit yeah. everything and I, and I have a tattoo right here that says the love of a mother is eternal, but in Italian. Right. And I remember somehow this is like another comforting thing of he, as he's cutting, he goes, the love of a mother is eternal. And I just remember looking at him and being like, you know, Italian? And he goes, no, I speak French, but it's close enough. And, and it was another just moment of like, okay, like I needed that. I needed yeah. that in my life right now. And 
and then it also kind of felt like mom was there yeah. in a way, like how in the world did the guy know what that said? And so then he ties my hips, he does all that stuff. And meanwhile, I am just gripping so hard. And I don't ever remember what the guy looked like, any of that kind of stuff. I just remember it was an older gentleman and I just have so much like inner peace. And I'm like, this is so weird. It, it took like, tw I think like 20, 25 minutes for the paramedics to actually get there because you I was up a, in the mountains. Yeah, you're up above Boulder. You're yeah, not, like you're they're trying to figure out where I'm at. Like yeah. it's pretty complicated to get to. And they finally get there and they move me from the stretcher. Or they put me on the stretcher. Then they put me onto the actual like, I guess that's the stretcher. Where they put me on the flat board to put me on the stretcher and then lift me up and wheel me in. And the guy is just holding my hands. I remember the last thing I remember is I was crying and I, with my arm back, like he had held my hand that entire time. And I just remember at that point, as I start to get wheeled away, I let go and I just it was like, thank you. I, I don't know who you are. I, yeah. I like, want to give you my like life. And so I, at that point, I'm like, okay, like I just had this overwhelming sense of like, I'm going to be okay. Everything's okay. And then we get in and then they instantly start doing all this stuff in the back. The paramedics were, and, uh, he, I try to grab my phone to call Steph and he's like, dude, you're, you're about 15 minutes away from having cell phone service. Like you're not going to have it up here. So we, we get down, they gave me some instant pain meds, nausea meds. And then this is where it was kind of funny. Like, I just remember in my heart, I was like, I need Steph and father brian here asap like because i have this sense i'm like i don't know what the ct's am i bleeding I, I don't know what's happening i know i'm not paralyzed but i know i don't know what's happening and um and i so i <laughs> my, in my like weak way of trying to like ask you for help i like God, i'm gonna tear up um i send you a text the <laughs> paramedic was like do you want a picture back here because like now the fentanyl was hitting yep. so i'm not really feeling much and i was like yeah let's do it and i send you a text because it was a wednesday morning we were supposed to record and all i went back and i reread it i don't remember sending the text but i remember wanting you there and i would go hey don't think we'll be able to podcast today and i sent the image of me in yeah, the back that's right i remember that and that was like my way of just being like yeah um things are pretty serious and i'm really scared yeah but like i poorly like a typical man fashion like just didn't ask for help and and then the we are now approaching i call steph and she is oh man hysterical like yeah. losing her mind on the phone and i was like babe it's it's me i'm okay we're heading to boulder community like, most important words you can say right then right? that's I'm, right i'm okay like i yeah. hear my voice like yeah. i'm here yeah. But I we're gonna be at Boulder and she had her mom came and uh met her and kind of Steph was in a total panic. And in my mind, I'm like, dude, we're gonna get there, we're gonna have two beds next to each other, she's gonna go into delivery, I'm gonna be stuck. Right. I don't know what's happening. So I'm like, please just don't go into labor and know that I'm okay. So then finally we get there and it was kind of he he warned me, the paramedic was like, just wanna let you know, like as soon as these doors open to the back at the ER, like it's about to go nuts. Like every doctor is going to be there. And sure enough, it's kind of a scene out of a movie that you see. And it's the lights burn in my eye, you know, they're checking all that stuff. 
and they rushed me back to a CT scan. And but then Steph walked in, and of course I like instantly start crying. She's hysterical. Um, and as I start to tell the story, I am like so beyond convinced that Steph and I are debating whether or not there was actually a guy there. Yeah. Um, and I think I had said this to you that I was like, man, when it comes to like moments like those, the further out I go and the more people I tell it to, I start to kind of question myself. Like, I feel crazy saying this. Right. But I remember in that moment, without a doubt in my mind, I met my guardian angel. Like there's, there's no way this older gentleman gets the amount of manicures that I felt on this soft, gentle, <laughs> warm hand. <laughs> like I have to joke about it, but in a way, like I truly, what I felt. So we, we kind of debate, like, was there actually a person there? And I'm convinced there was, she's convinced there wasn't because nothing in the police report mentions it. We got to, we're still trying to figure out but whether or not there was a person there or not. I genuinely believe that like my angel took over that man. He never, we weren't talking. He just laid there. And the fact that he was able to hold my hand all the way up until what I remember being wheeled away, like especially when the paramedics got there, it was kind of like you would envision them being like, Hey, give us space. We need room to work. Right. You know, and they're checking my pelvic. They're, they're in there deep. Like they're trying to figure out what's going on. And, um, and then we went and drove back by and I was convinced there was a house right there. But where we were in the mountains, it was kind of those classic roads that there's not a home. There's a home like every quarter of a mile. Yeah. Like, so for him to run out of somewhere, I don't know where he would have come from. But all I can say was that was 100% my guardian angel just there to comfort and know. And there were several things that like saved me. The doctors all said, one, the helmet. So- you know, yeah, now I bring that up. as I, as I sit here and watch these kids in our neighborhood that are on their little scooters, you know, their pedals, razors or whatever they're called, yeah. not wearing helmet, like it put a whole new perspective on like, yeah, okay. They may not look great. And you don't think you're cool in it, yep. but that thing, my helmet exploded. Like it literally, it did its job like that breaks. So my skull doesn't, right? but I look at it and I'm like, every person hands down helmet yeah. and, and there's a whole nother lesson in that thing. But then um, my height actually allowed me, so I ended up hitting the car, come to find out when I hit it, I ended up going up and over her RAV4 and landed on the other side. But it allowed me to not go in or through the window, yep. you know, if I was any shorter. And I landed on my head on the other side. Um, so you did, <clears throat> I've been trying to like work my kind of like picture of the scene. Yeah. So my, so you kind of like flipped. Yes. So, and as if I've played it out in my head, I'm pretty convinced that when I hit, cause I have the broken sternum, I'm pretty sure I basically hit the car sternum fractures. Like I kind of go chest right. first, chest first yeah. and then I like launch up and over and I land on the other side with my feet up in the air and landed on the back of my head and sh- upper shoulders which that's where I fracture the spine because yeah. of all the weight coming down. And they said it was a compression fracture. That's right. On the inside of the spine. So it wasn't like on the, the part that would have made compact, like contact with the ground. It was the internal like, side of the spine. Yeah. And, um, and then from there, like rolled out, like my jersey was all ripped on the back. So clearly I 
role or I don't know what I do at that point. Um, but I definitely do like a half flip in the yeah. air basically. Um, and then just come tumbling down. But they had said it was the height in the helmet that for sure saved me. And as I've gone on through this process, so Steph has been, and just pray for her. I mean, she's had the most traumatic experience of all time thinking yeah. she was going to be a widow with the baby, you know, three weeks away. Um, and she's definitely still processing that. And then as every doctor's appointment I've gone in, like how, how much worse it could have been, right? Like, this has not been great, but like it definitely, God was there, um, hands down, just protecting me. And, and, and I'm like now on a quest to learn so much more about angels because whatever I've, whatever I met or this man, like I, I, you, you can't explain it, but it was one of those things that I just knew everything was going to be okay. Like I knew we were fine. Um, and it, gosh, you know, I, and I wear, my mom always had this medallion of like a little baby angel and I'm going to get a tattoo of it now, but I, I laugh because it's kind of one of one where it's like the little angel, like kind of just like sitting there, like, yeah. like it's a classic image, but it's one where they kind of looks annoyed almost like you're kind of just right. waiting. And I, I laughed when I saw the medallion because I was like, that had to be my angel that day. Just sitting there like, really? I, I would enjoy a peaceful morning, <laughs> but no, instead you're going to just run into this car and just like kind of waiting for it. But yeah, it was it was intense. And then, you know, every time I walk in the house now and I see Gianna's stuff and things are getting delivered and it just like, man, it puts a whole new perspective on like how grateful I am yeah. to be alive. And and you came over and anointed me and all that stuff that it was just like, couldn't even get out of bed. Like it was so brutal, but to just feel that love and kind of reflect on like what is important. Yeah. No. So <clears throat> if you're in your car right now, like tearing up, you're not alone. I'm I'm there too, just hearing you tell that story, man. My goodness. Um, but we're just wow. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> you're making me cry. Try it so hard. Um, no, it's a good thing Steph isn't here. We'd be a. That's right. She'll cry yes. fast together. The three that's of right. Us. She um she definitely has some PTSD with it. Um, but it has, and and then now really trying to learn, you know, the podcast was like the one thing that I really needed. Cause like, even with the concussion symptoms, like I can't, I still can't really like read yet. Not, and we all joke, like I don't love to read anyways, but I had tried to, and my like brain just went into like malfunction mode. And I was like, I can't. And, and to lose that, to lose activity for the next, like even if I was like, okay, no worries in the world. I'm going to go bike again. Like I can't do anything for 12 weeks. I just got to let my spine and my sternum recover. So it's been like just mentally trying to stay positive. Um, and like genuinely positive. Cause that's, everyone's always been like, man, you're in such good spirits and you're good and you're this and that. And I, I am good at that. Yeah. I'm good at, at showing that. Like yeah. when we talked to the police officer, the police report said I had minor injuries because he was there before the CT scan, before the x-rays, before all that stuff. And we called him, we're like, no, I have fractured sternum, the spine, the this, the that. He was like, what? Like I was in such good spirits and I'm I'm good at putting that on, but realizing it's a front. 
So it always like Steph, now when we go to the doctor, she has to relive or like say the story because I'll be like, no, I'm fine. I'm like, I'm good. But it's not yeah. the true, <laughs> true story. It's been so interesting. Well, I think it's a, what a powerful, I know that you and I have talked a little bit about this, but I think of, uh, these are the kinds of things that help us remember what life is really about. And yeah, we get so distracted. I always think of um, Jesus' parable of the weeds, uh, or sorry, of the sower in Matthew 13. And everybody, I think you probably all know that parable, but <clears throat> I was thinking about this where the sower goes out and sows, right? And there's different types of soil. Mm-hmm. And he's, he sows the seed. And uh, the, the last type of, before the good soil, the last type of soil is the soil where there's thorns. And Jesus uses the word uh, nao, which is ang- to be anxious in Greek. And I thought of this with your story because I was like, so much of my life, I just have so many anxieties. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I know you do too. It's like we work together. You yeah. know, we have a, a strong friendship and it's like, we, we have all these things in our life and it's constantly busy. And I worry about all these things and I'm nervous about budgets and fundraising and my sermon and two new priests at Lords. And when something like this happens, it's like that anxiety, it strips the anxiety about those things away. Right. And it's like, oh yeah, none of that stuff really matters. And, uh, and actually what matters at the end of the day is the, the people that God has given us in our life that we're to love and to love him. Totally. And, uh, and so as, as awful as this, I mean, none of us would of course wish this moment had happened. I always think that I'm like, these things wake us up to like, oh yeah, like that thing that I'm stressed out about, I don't need to be. Yeah. It's been really challenging for me, especially like I still, you know, I try, I haven't been able to like go through emails or anything yet, but, and Steph took my phone for a while to just handle all the messages and whatnot. But, um, knowing of like, you know, this is the week that the new priest start and we're you know, yeah. St. Louis and this and that, and to just sit here, it's been really challenging. And then, you know, but then Steph walks in and you're like, okay, I have bigger, not yeah. bigger, but like I have things right in front of me that need to be worked on, um, addressed. And it has just been that wake up call of like, there are, to your point, things that truly matter and things that I quote unquote can't control or, you know, don't need to control at this moment. Like everyone on Lord just stepped up immensely um, while I've been out and trying to like fill in and whatnot that, you know, yeah, it's been, it's just been so interesting trying to, I don't know, relax in the moment too. It's, it's kind of weird. Like the church sometimes, but I do, I do think, you know, even aside from a very traumatic experience that you and Steph have been through, the church would recommend all of us to think about our own mortality. Oh, and in a weird yeah. way, it's like, it's, it can kind of do both things. I know it, sometimes we don't take death seriously enough. And when we actually really think about it, it, I mean, it's, it, it's real. Yeah. But in my experience of this, it, it can also push us to a place of peace. Totally. So I always think, when I get stressed, one of the, the most helpful thoughts in my life is, you know, a hundred years from now, which if you're in your twenties, seems like a really, really long time. But, you know, 
as everybody's pointed out now, I'm the old guy. <laughs> like we've got two new priests, like Sean's 27, Vitold's 31. Yeah. And I'm, I'm 40 fun as totally. Father Sean is now saying, but hundred years doesn't sound like that long of a time to me as, as it used to. And a hundred years from now, I'm, I'm not going to be alive. You right. Know? And at the end of the day, it just does, it forces you to be like, what matters, you know? Um, and I think with, with what God did in this moment, and I just love it, the thought of that guy. And I remember you said the first time you told me when I came and saw you the next day, I remember you saying that that guy holding your hand, that there was this immense sense of peace. Yeah. Uh, Undescribable. Like, like it literally, again, it, it's one of those, especially if like, I've tried to just say, I can't tell the story. I do it at like disservice by not mentioning that just because again, I truly cannot explain it. But when you're talking to somebody that may or may not be a believer, yeah, it's It's like, you know, it's like, how do I say this story without sounding crazy? Yeah. You know, like it's really challenging. But you know what I think is like, people who don't believe in the spiritual life that in philosophy would say it's, it's reductionistic. It reduces a human being to something less than what they actually are. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, you know, me, I spend so much of my life and my time intellectually trying to, to convince people of things, which I think is important. Yeah. Yeah. It made me think I was telling Ryan on our drive up today, Blaise Pascal. I've been reading more of Pascal recently and he doesn't have a ton of writings, but he's got enough. But Pascal, he was, he was a brilliant mathematician. He was a physicist. He was, he was a genius and a philosopher. When he was, I think he was like 24, he had, and it's amazing, he writes, a, he had a mystical experience. And we're talking about a guy, that, I mean, we're not talking about right brain type of guy here. We're, right. we're talking about a left brain, you know, type thinker. And Pascal, you know, just sheer genius. And he, and then I think it's like midnight. He wrote in his journal and he said, it's like midnight. I wish I would have brought the book with me midnight or 2 AM or something, you know, and he notes the date and he just says pure joy. And he had this, he had this mystical encounter with Christ and it changed his life forever. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, where I think with what happened to you, this is part of what it means to be a human being. We're not just intellectual machines. Mm -hmm. We're not just computers. There's more to us. We have the intellectual capacity, but we have a heart. Right. Um, right. Powerful stuff. But I think we need these things. Yeah. You know, and people, people encounter this. And I, I oftentimes feel it's a good reminder to me as a priest of, I know you're going to find this hard to believe, but I can get a little arrogant sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, like I'll say to people, I'm like, oh, well, Catholicism just makes perfect sense. And I can explain it to you. And if you actually are open at all, you're just going to convert because it's totally. the only way. Yeah. And I do, I kind of think that's true about Catholicism at least. But you know what? Only God can do these things where it's like he reaches in and he just touches people's hearts. And, I, and it's mysterious because it's like, why doesn't he do that for everybody? Right. And when? And yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and how do these things happen? But when it does happen, it's unmistakable. Yeah. And Pascal, the rest of his life, he, he didn't live too long, but he, um, he, his, the rest of his life, he was like, he loved, you know, the, the science and the math and these things, but his whole life is given over to God. And he was like, nothing makes sense without this. All these scientists are just fools if they don't acknowledge God. Totally. 
I th- you know, you mentioned something there too. I think Steph, if she was here, she'd be the one to say it, but she's made comments of, and it's been really interesting to kind of reflect on, especially because I, I really came to faith after my mom died. That was like a huge, where I started to really kind of step into it because it was like, when you lose somebody and you realize like all the material things don't matter, you know, it's, it is that relationship and God's and, and Jesus are the only thing that are ever going to fully be there in your life. Yeah. People are going to come and go, whether yep. they move somewhere or they die or whatever it is. And again, you know, you kind of like, I could check that box. Okay, great. But like still going through this, like it's, again, it hits you in a different way. And Steph being someone who has so much faith and has always been faithful and all that stuff. It was the first time she said this, that like, she always thought when it came to death, it'd be just a peaceful, like, I know he's going to heaven. This is why we believe this is this and that. Yeah. But to have it hit so close to home, it has been so traumatic for her. And I think it, in a weird way, kind of called in, like, she'll be the first to say it, but she's like, it's kind of called into like, how much do I actually believe because of how scared she was and is of death? And that thought of being the widow, you know, you can say a hundred years, but like, that very well could have been my last day. Yeah. Like, you know, with Gianna three weeks from being born and that kind of stuff of, I don't know. It's just been so hard and interesting to kind of reflect on of just like, man. And and this word always like, I felt it with my mom when she passed, but like all those chicken soup for the soul, like quotes right? that you're like, yeah, okay, home is where the heart is and blah, blah, blah. You know, like, always be grateful. You never know if it's your last conversation, like those type of things that, um, all of a sudden you're like, Oh damn, those do have meaning. Yeah. Like that is real. Yeah. That is. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I can't explain it. I just, I think to your point, I felt my angel, I felt God's presence. I felt to a level that look that I, you know, I'm like the guy was whether he was there or not something was there that just put me at ease to to a, a comfort that I should have never felt that's the only way I can explain it yeah like there's no way in someone's right mind that they could ever feel that um and just be that confident that like okay like God's here with me yeah no and I think with Steph like there's a <clears throat> people can talk all they want about not being scared of death. I'm always skeptic. When people say that, I know sometimes people maybe aren't really scared of death, but I kind of have a hard time believing it. Right. And if they've really wrestled with it. Totally. Um, and at the same time, there's a, a lot of the great thinkers in the history of the world. I mean, Plato will talk about this, but uh, I think both Hegel and Heidegger do the same. But uh, the fact that you and I are, have a limited number of days in a strange way, it actually gives meaning to our lives. Yeah. Because if the way I would think of it is, um, there was a class I had in high school, sociology with Mr. Clark, and he was wonderful. He was like the best guy ever. And he, for some reason, he just always loved my brother, but that's another story. He just, I was always like Sean's brother. Totally. (laughs) But Mr. Clark's class, it was the senior kind of goof off class. And you could, if you didn't get the grade you wanted on a test, you could take it over as many times as you wanted. And it was the idea. And you're sitting, you're like, Oh, awesome. Best day ever. Yeah. But one of the things you realize is that that test loses all meaning 
if it doesn't have consequences, right. it's meaningless. It's, that's right. And that's why it was just such a class where no one studied, no one took it seriously. And I think our lives are kind of like that, yep. where the fact that they are, they're going to go shorter than any of us kind of thought they would. And at the end, you know, it's, I don't think anyone, I mean, some people at the end, they've lived long, full lives. And yes, there, there is that reality. But for most of us, I think, you know, th- there's something about death coming too soon. Yeah. But it gives meaning. It says, wow, like there is, there is an end date and what the way I live my life matters. Yeah. And, and I, I think more people are atheists. No one would ever say this explicitly, but I think even, even aside from like the intellectual atheism, some people have, I just mean the day-to-day atheism where people just never think about God. Yep. I think it's because they're so distracted. Mm-hmm. They're so distracted by entertainment and our phones and the busyness of our lives and our schedules that they don't think about these things. And, right. and these moments, they draw us. I preach about this at funerals. I'm like, these are the things that should draw us to say, how am I living my life? Yep. Uh, what, gosh, you know, what, what is it in my life that, that I'm taking for granted? And what are the things that I need to, to really focus on uh, and to be grateful for, you know? I think it's a, a tough tug of war too of like, you know, Steph right now is getting after me of like, like trying to not do too much around the house. Like, you know, I have to wear this brace, but I have, I don't have to sleep in it. And so I'll like, in my mind, I'm like, so do I really have to wear it all the time? Like, you know, and those type of things, she'll yell at me if I turn my neck and and all that stuff of like this is I think this is why God created Eve, by the way, to be my counterbalance. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> seriously, it's yeah, like, like women keep men in check, which is why I'm such a train wreck. Well, yeah. <laughs> luckily you have stuff too, but yeah. um, they, it's been you know, it's so interesting of like trying to to not hurry back. Um, and to feel the pressures of like, oh, I want to hop on that call. I need to do this. Like, I, I don't want to seem weak. I don't want to miss time, mm-hmm. all that. And you're consistently in this tug of war. And like, you know, I, I think the hardest part now, I kind of joked with you the other, but the other day, Steph had her 36 week appointment and the doctor was like, look, if you're truly in a brace, like we might need somebody else in the ER with you because you're not gonna be able to like fully help as much as you know, you can't bend over, you can't do stuff. And then hearing the doctors say, yeah, this is the part that, oh, um, like I got the green light to take off the brace to hold Gianna. But at the same time, like I don't have the green light to transfer her. Like I, I can't, I can't drive. Right. Mm-hmm. So we've had to like set up teams around the neighborhood of like, look, if when the water breaks, we need someone to drive Steph and myself to the hospital. (laughs) And then when we leave, I can't pick up the weight of Gianna car seat into the car, like from the stroller. Right. And to like, you know, for the first couple of weeks, I'm just like praying she goes to 40 weeks or longer. So give me time to heal Cause I want to be able to pick her up out of the crib. Like those things that you were just like, yeah, no brainer. Like, I don't want to miss that. Like that's the part that just eats me up and like also makes me so grateful. But those are the moments of like, okay, I need to wear the damn brace. So I'm not feeling repercussions later and that kind of stuff. But like, I don't know. At the end of the day, I just want to hold 
Steph and the baby and just be like, okay, like that was a hell of a lesson. <laughs> and let's, let's not do that again. But it, it is a, a true tug of war of wanting to succeed and work and life and this and that and, and not, and trying to not get distracted by those things. Yeah. It's really a tough. Yeah. Thing. Amen. And I think, so I was going to ask you, I think maybe wrap things up here today. But, yeah. Uh, I have things that I would want to say to people just drawing from what's happened and it just, but I, first I just want to say thank you for sharing that. Like, I think, you know, this is your life. This is not just a story. And, uh, but I do think what a powerful moment of God and a testimony to God's goodness in your life and, uh, in mine and in Steph's and the, everybody around us. But I'm like, what do you want to say to people? You know? Oh, um, I think joking, but not joking for sure. If you're going to do something, wear a helmet, but most importantly, I think, again, it always kind of feels like the cliche line, but like I got up that morning at whatever it was, 4.30, got ready and went and did my activity, never thinking twice about the potential risks. And that honestly could have been the last time I ever left the house or, oh God. Um, so the thought of like, it always, again, it, I feel so lame saying it, but never leaving a conversation, an argument, never, you know, telling the people you love that you love them. And you just truly never know when it is the last moment, like the last time you walk out the door, the last time, any of that kind of stuff. And Again, I'm so grateful that I am here, that it could have been much worse, but it truly was that reality of like, nothing is promised. And at the end of the day, you know, as believers, we, you know, I pray that I go to heaven and whatnot, but the people that are most, most affected by death, are the ones that are left behind. And so putting Steph in a position of just like, make sure she knows how much I love her, like. (laughs) um oh man uh steph got me this book before the accident for gianna for father's day and it's like this journal book kind of thing that i can like write you know i i haven't fully read it yet but it's like i envision it's gonna be like the like my best memory and something i can give to gianna that i wish i had a my mom right like that i can open up and read this like journal type thing that prompts you through it and now, like, I just want to create that for her so she knows who I am and, like, knows the stories that I may or may not tell her when she's alive, like, all that kind of stuff and being able to give that to her as just that memory keepsake, you know. I think it's been interesting, too. Like, Father Jason gave me um, a St. Gianna relic, like, card. And how much peace that gives me just seeing like you know everyone always asks like what are relics and why and you know i have this thing of like a piece of a clothes or clothes or whatever it was yeah but like that's what i want to give to gianna like i look at things now in a way that i'm like and steph of you know steph wears my mom's earrings and it's that was like the biggest moment of pride like when we got married i was like babe i want you to have these you need to wear them on our wedding day like she's never taken them out but those are the things that it's like when I look at that moment and just being like, dude, 
you could be driving down I-25 and no fault of your own. It wasn't my fault. Like I couldn't control any of that stuff. Um, you just never know when it's going to happen. So being able to not be put in a position of like, I wish I would have said this. Yeah. And I wish I would have not focused so much on this stuff and been there with my family. And I think we've had so many good parishioners and lords that I've been able to talk to that even before this, that have reached a level of success or whatever they've done. And they've all, everyone kind of is like, you know, as great as I was, I've been blessed, but I don't know if it was worth, like I may or may not have missed too many of the kids' games. I may or may not have missed all that kind of stuff that has been such a good learning lesson going into parenthood. Um, but I don't know. I, that's a long-winded answer, but I just like, it is a lot to reflect on, but being able to just say like, say what needs to be said because you never know yeah. if it's the last chance. Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> my friend Caitlin, who you've met, yeah. Caitlin and Cole, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. her mom died uh, when she was young and their family's like that. They have a big rule about you don't leave the house without saying I love you. And, yeah. But it makes me think too, I was going to say, this is why I'm like, I could never, I don't understand atheists. And, and this is going right. to sound a little harsh maybe, but to me, atheism is just kind of immature and silly. Totally. Uh, agnosticism, I have a little bit more. I'm like, I can understand why people are a little agnostic, but I'm like, Chesterton has a line where he says, atheists aren't thinking about the real things of life. And the two of the examples he uses, he says, the real things of life are fear on the sea and the love of a mother. Hmm. And yeah, I can't finish that. Sentence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me all choked up, but th- these are the real things of life. And this is like, to me, I'm like, grow up. Like you have a soul. Like yeah. you're out there. Like, obviously you have a soul, like obviously. And you, and human beings, like we are built for meaningful lives and to love. That's what we're made for. And that's a spiritual thing. That is not a physical thing. That is a spiritual thing. And for me, I'm like, I just want to shout sometimes that if you don't see that, you're just, you just haven't grown up yet. That's right. I think that's been, then we could wrap up here. I like, there's been part of me that like want, like, cause I doubt myself, right? Like I doubt myself in that experience of like, I don't remember sending you the text of me in the back, (laughs) you know? So I'm like, gosh, should I meet my angel? I don't know. But there's a part of me that like the doubter inside of me wants to find the guy, find out one, were you there? Two, let me feel your hands. Cause <laughs> I have a feeling I'm going to feel just calloused and like you live in the mountains, yeah. man. Like you're not right driving down and getting a manicure every day. And, and like, I, I just want to like validate it. But at the same time, I'm like, why? I think you've said this, like yeah. why question it? Like, I know what I felt. I know I don't need to prove that it was like, you were really there. You walked 500 steps. You sat there. You didn't say anything. Right. And you had both hands. Like, Whatever the hell happened in that moment, I just know the amount of comfort that I was going to be okay was all that mattered. And if I were, I don't know how you could explain that if you don't believe. Amen. So if you're driving right now, uh, get a Kleenex. (laughs) I I need a Kleenex. Dude, I I don't know how you held it together as well as you did. I I didn't. Go, I think that's really the lesson today. Go tell today when you're listening to this, go tell the person in your life that you love, go tell them that you love them. Yeah, yeah. And thank God for your life too. That's right. Say a prayer of Thanksgiving, like none of us knows what'll happen in the next hour. Right. And uh, 
we are created to be men and women who love God and love others. And, uh, Dave, we're <laughs> grateful for you sharing your story and just grateful that you're, you're with us. And I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Thank you guys, especially, but thank you everyone for the thoughts, the prayers, the cards, the gifts, anything. There's just too many people to name, but, um, I hope I can do that person by person, but I'm, I am definitely thank God for giving me another opportunity to just be here. Yeah. Um, and to be here for little Gianna. Yep. Amen. Well, send us an email, uh, rant at lordsdenver.org. Say a prayer for Patrick and Stephanie. Pray for speedy recovery. And we're super excited uh, for baby Gianna to be born. And uh, it'll be oh. fun to tell the story at her wedding day when you give the father of the bride speech. Uh, and you can recall this moment and laugh and see how God has worked. So, <laughs> Okay, we'll see you guys.